This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Right. So, this is the Bowtie Guy, and this is the Mess It Up Podcast. I'm the Biker Chick. You should see her eyes. She loved me coming in with the word right. I was like, I'm not going to come in with the word so. So, I tried right. Right on. Righteous. You know that's... Right away. Right. <laughs> uh, so we are the, uh, the Mess It Up podcast. We're here to make messes into messages, and we've got a cool topic for today that we're going to throw out in just a little bit, but I've got a great word that I heard on a podcast on the way to the prison today, so I decided I'm using this for our word of the week, and the word of the week this week is rapprochement. Yeah. And what it means, and it looks like rapprochement, but it's a French word. And uh, so it means establishment or uh, reestablishing of peaceful uh, relationships between people. I wish y'all could see Paul's hands right now. They're yeah. they're intertwining. They're connecting. They're yeah. I'm Going through rapprochement. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyhow. I, uh, I was really pleased with that word, so I decided we would, uh, we'd have it on the word of the week for this week. So if you can use it in a sentence, that'd be great. I was able to use infinitesimal in a sentence today in my CR lesson at the prison. Well done, sir. Yes, well done. I try. I try my best. So, uh, so use those words. Uh, I love when people write to me and I'm looking for an email from a guy who needs to get his $7 Starbucks card for uh, making a comment about our noise, but he still hasn't emailed me. But if you want to email bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com, that would be me. Uh, you can also email intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. You can reach me at bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. I was just looking at my inbox and it's empty. Oh. Yeah. That's sad. Guess no one wants to talk to me. Right now. Right. Yeah. But or via the emails. Right. Yeah. So please send emails to people uh, to make them feel like uh, they're awesome with their emails. You can also check us out on our Facebook uh, page, which is uh, Mess It Up Podcast. You can look on Twitter and Instagram as well. I posted some stuff this weekend on those things. So check those avenues out. And of course, leave us uh, a rating, uh, hopefully five stars on your uh, whatever podcast uh, app that you're using or, or, or server that you're using to, to listen to this show right now. Uh, put a, a rating for us, but also maybe uh, leave a little review that uh, lets people know that really helps the show out a lot. You can also become a patron of the show and support us financially, which helps us pay our bills, pay the bills for the show and uh, keeps things going smoothly, and that would be by uh, going to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash podcast, or just clicking on the uh, Become a Patron button on our messituppodcast.com page. We really appreciate that. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support us, and every little bit helps, but um, when it happens in volume, uh, it really helps a lot as well. So don't think that your gift is too small. It really does make a difference. And I guess with that... We can just dive into the show. We can. Yeah. Three and a half minutes for the intro. That's pretty good for me. That's good. You did well, Paul. Yeah. And you I feel well. like I'm not talking as fast this week. No, you're not. Last week I had somewhere to be. Did you Did you hear? And I, I know I was like, you know, Mr. Caffeine. Yeah. 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 So anyhow, uh, you have 
a cool topic for us, and, and I stopped you before you talked to me too much in our little pre-show chat because I wanted to talk about it you know, in front of the people. So, people, here you go. This is the first time that I'm hearing most of this. No. <laughs> Way to put me on the spot, Pablo. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So, in school, I'm in a class for marriage and family counseling, and one of the books that they're having us read is The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by John Gottman and Nan Silver. Well, John Gottman's pretty big in the marriage world. He's been doing marriage studies for, you know, 30-something years, I think. And... Um, just really, he observes, he measures relationships. He has what he says is a 91% predictability rate for divorce in couples. So if you come into his what love lab, he can predict whether you guys are going to stay married Welcome to the or love not. Lab. Yeah. It's, it's really, really interesting stuff. And so one of the principles that they talk about are, is turning towards each other instead of away. So the little blurb in here that I've chosen is, in marriage, couples are always making what I call bids for each other's attention, affection, humor, or support. Bids can be as minor as asking for a back rub or as significant as seeking help and carrying the burden when an aging parent is ill. The partner responds to each bid either by turning towards the spouse or turning away. A tendency to turn towards your partner is the basis of trust and emotional connection. And so it just reminded me that big dude upstairs mm-hmm. in our relationship with him. God. That'd be God. Big G. And um, just how he never turns away. Every bid for his attention that we give, every time we turn towards him, he never turns away. He always meets us. He always turns towards us. He is always there for us. And so I just kind of thought that was very applicable <laughs> I love how Paul's like, you should see his face. It cracks me up. So I'm stumbling through the word and he's like nodding. Like, you got this kiddo. You can Come do on. it. Um, but how applicable this concept is for all relationships, not just marriages. In, in this paradigm that he's setting up, does he make a distinction between turning to, to face or turning away? And then is there then also a second step of moving toward or away from is it is it a two-part thing or is it just the the act of turning and that's the the thing is it a turn and then move no it's just basically acknowledging your partner yeah Uh it's he goes to give a couple of different examples um now that i've lost the page paul thanks Um, does everyone else feel like they're doing christina's homework today i wish (laughs) i wish but it, he gives an example of being at the supermarket when one partner asks the other, are we out of butter? And you answer, I don't know, let me go get some in case. Instead of shrugging apathetically and saying, I don't know. Yeah. So you're making a, you're turning towards your partner and acknowledging their question. You're, you know, even if you say, I don't know, I think you can still turn towards your partner and say, you know, babe, I don't know if we do yeah. or not. Do you think we should get more butter? It's just the fact that instead of, and you could say, I don't know, and be turning away from. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. And or not say anything at all and just look at them like. Make a face. Yeah. Maybe a little breath. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, here's, here's what I was thinking when I was running through this scenario in my head is uh, frequently it's, it's just Bev and myself in the house. And we don't have a massive mansion or anything like that, but it's. It's a big house, so there's hallways. Yeah. And we can be in different places, and it can be difficult to hear all the way across the house, especially for Bev, who doesn't always hear 
uh, well, especially if they didn't have her ears, uh, hearing aids in. So sometimes I'll be walking away and she will engage in a conversation and not realize that I've left the room. And sometimes the selfish part of me, and this is big admission here because I know that my wife listens as soon as it comes out. Um, big part of me is like, I'll just keep on walking and act like I didn't hear it. But that's turning away, even though I'm not, she can't see that I'm disacknowledging her. Right. It's still in my mind. And I, anytime, as soon as that thought comes to my head, I turn myself around and I go back there and I say, you know, I was not here. I didn't hear. Could you please repeat that for me right. and, and engage in the thing? Because when it comes down to it, I mean, she's what's the important thing in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, she's what my life revolves around and is consumed with. It's not anything right. else. And so I need to make her the most important in my relationship or, I mean, the, the football game that I'm going out to watch isn't going to do anything for me. And it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So I need to be more uh, aware, more purposeful about that. Is it facing, did you say, or turning to, turning toward? Turning toward. Turning mm-hmm. toward, yeah, yes, that, that thing. Because what it says when a person's walking and you, you see them keep walking, it's like, oh, either they didn't hear me or they're ignoring me. But when they turn, it's like, okay, I heard. Well, in the age of technology, this is huge. You can ask my kids. They're always, like, smacking me. Mom, mom, you know, because if I'm in the middle of reading something or I'm in the middle of, you know, writing something on my phone, like I'm stuck in whatever mode or zone I'm in. And so if I have the opportunity to either turn towards my kids in those moments where they're like, Hey mom, live human being right here, you know, not, you know, your technology in front of you. But I've, I've noticed a lot more lately that I miss a lot of my, my kids bids for attention because I'm either busy, stuck in something I'm doing right in that moment. And it's like, gosh, do I ever get my time? Like, just go away. But I'm missing opportunities to connect with my children. I'm missing opportunities to build a trusting foundation with them. And, um, going through and reading this book, it's been very eye opening. Like, wow. You know, there's a lot of things that transpire through our actions and our relationships that I don't even notice. You know, I'm not even aware of, um, but one of the things, one of the reasons this hits home with me is because in my marriage, this was a struggle. You know, my husband, when he's off work, he works very hard for a living when he's off work, you know, he's on the couch and he watching TV or he's, you know, out doing stuff on the house, but it was hard to get him to acknowledge me when we were in those types of scenarios. And I felt hurt and I felt unimportant and I felt a lot of things like, I'm like, how do you just sit there and not even turn towards me and, mm-hmm. and acknowledge that I said something, you know, how, how does that thought process even occur? And so we had to have a talk about it and we had, I had to express like, Hey, this is how I feel when you do this. And he was like, Oh, I didn't know. It's just not something that he was taught or yeah. aware of. Um, so it was, it was definitely an interesting progression. Well, and you talk about the technology age and I was mm-hmm. thinking about that and you went in a place different than I thought you were, where I went immediately was I'll send a text and then my phone tells me, Hey buddy, your text was delivered. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, buddy, they read your text. Hey, buddy, they're typing a text. Mm -hmm. So I'll look at that progression. I look and say, hey, it got delivered. No response. Interesting. Well, it hasn't been read yet, so I'm going to cut him some slack. But then when it gets read, then I'm like, interesting. No response yet. And I know that you can read the text on your phone if it comes up and you have it alert. Mm -hmm. it'll, it'll, you know, tell you that, yeah, this person looked at the text. Uh, but but if, if they don't touch it, it doesn't show that they read it. So they can read it without knowing. You can also turn off read receipts. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You shouldn't be able to tell when I read mine. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just assume you do as soon as I send them. I don't even bother to you know, think because I know it's so important to you, whatever I think or say. Um, but you can feel that thing. And, and in our show, you know, we've talked about, well, you know, Christina has to drive into town to get to my house to record this. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to. She chooses to. Um, and, and we've talked about doing it on uh, the... Uh, what do you call that? Like Skype or FaceTime or something like that. And being able to be face to face, it's a different uh, dynamic with the show when we're face to face and we can see, we can read that reaction immediately what the person's doing or see their, their facial uh, tick or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's important that that whole turning toward is, mm -hmm. it's, a, uh, it's so easy. Well, and the other thing that I find is like complete strangers. You don't owe them anything. You're not trying to build trust or connect or, you know, do anything major. But there's a big difference when I'm going into a store and somebody's in front of me and they stop for a minute and hold the door open for me mm -hmm. and let me go in front. Um, if, or even just hold the door open yeah, and then let me grab the door before I go in. There's just those moments of, you know, acknowledgement of your humanness in the world amongst other humans that, yes. that you matter, that you're there. And I just think if we all took the time just to turn towards each other a little bit more, instead of being so engrossed in whatever is consuming our lives, right. that that relationship that is, you know, that need for a relationship that is built into us would just be more comforted, more. And for you, is it, is it situational? Uh, like, like the opening the door. Mm -hmm. Um, will you be more apt to open a door in certain places than other places? Like, uh, more apt to open the door, uh, for an old person versus a young person or, uh, at church as opposed to going into a Burger King or, or a bar. Um, is there a difference on that for, for when you'll do it? No. For me, there's not. For me, I will hold the door open for whomever is there. However, when I'm at the prison on visit days, and I know there's people there going to visit their families, mm -hmm. I will be much more purposeful about waiting to make sure that nobody, and, and it will be the gap between human and door grows much larger for where that zone of I will hold this door for you is. Right. And basically my gap is if they are through the last automatic opening and closing, you know, robot door, yeah. I'm going to stand there and hold that for them because I know they're on an important visit and I don't want anything to go wrong with their day. I want everything to just go right. And if that's one little thing, I'm just like, Hey, 
person opened the door for me. Now they go in to see their people with just a little bit better frame of mind. Mm-hmm. I want that to happen. So I'm, I am much more purposeful on visit days at the prison than I would be at, at Burger King. If someone's, you know, two or three arm lengths from the door, the door's going to get held open for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now my mother is 85. Mm-hmm. She's had a broken hip, a broken kneecap, broken sacrum. She doesn't get around real well. She's walking with a cane now. And I try to talk to her about this. There will be some burly 25-year-old, you know, gym rat construction guys. And he's holding the door for her. And she's like, no, 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 let me get it for you. Go, you go in. And I'm like, I was told, I said, mom. This person is trying to do the right thing, and what you're doing is making him look like a jerk because a little old lady's holding the door for him instead of him holding. I said, let people. So I try now, when I see a younger person holding a door for me, I try to say thank you instead of just, oh, I've got it. I try to acknowledge their gift and their their humanity and mm-hmm. doing this to me and, and just accept that right. rather than, than trying to be nice and give it to him. Because by being nice, what I'm doing is saying, I need the good feeling for this. I can't let you have the good feeling for this. So it's like, no, give me that door. I will hold it open for you. I wonder if that's, I don't know. I don't, I, I never, they hold the door open for me. I just say thank you and walk through it. Yeah. Like I never thought of being like, Hey, well, go ahead. It's different. Unless they're like old. I think maybe then I would do it. And, and for a guy, I was brought up to be the gentleman and hold the door for ladies. Not all guys were, Right. but I was, and so for me, it feels like, why are you not holding it for the person? So like, I'll still, I try to open the door for my wife and I, I don't have her come open the door for me except for on rare occasions when I forget to put the window down, I turn the engine right. off and then she has to run around and I feel like a complete doofus having like, everybody looks like, well, aren't you special, Mr. Man? Well, it was, it cracks me up because I was sitting in the church parking lot last week and the guy pulls up, they park, his wife's in the passenger seat. He gets out, she's sitting there mighty daintily in a little passenger seat, just waiting for her mans to open her door. And I looked at Gage and I said, you know what, that's very commendable. My butt could not sit in that chair long enough right. to yeah. wait for him to walk all the, I'm like, I got it, you know, but I can understand if they're walking to the car together, yeah. him opening the door for her. And Bevel, her in, if she sees me going for it, a lot of times she'll just go to open it. But if she sees that I'm busting a move to do it, she will wait for me because she wants me to be able to be, yeah. you know, yeah. polite like that. But I have seen people where they're just like sitting and they're just like, you know, and then get the attitude like, uh, excuse me, son, you better come over here and open up this door for me because I cannot touch a handle. And yeah, so that, if that happened to me, I would be apt to let them sit. Yeah. <laughs> I would be apt to let I, them wait. I think it also, you know, it, it definitely depends on your relationship with that person too. You know, you can tell that the couples have, you know, they've been through this routine once or twice before, you know, yeah. they've got this thing where this is just their norm in the relationship that they have, they have set for themselves. Right. You know, my husband, He'll, when we walk to the car, he'll open the door for me if I'm like walking out of a restaurant or something like that. If the passenger side's closest, if the driver's side's closest, he just gets in and I walk around and get in the car, you know, but that's our relationship. And those are the the norms. And I think that's one thing that 
you know, this whole turning toward concept talks about. It's just, what is the norm for your relationship? You know, yeah. if, if it's an expectation not norm. to, yeah, the healthy yeah. norm. Yeah. Right. Not a, not some, a bad norm. People might be in abusive relationships and that's the norm is like, what? yeah, no, this no. This is what I do. Like a healthy I norm. Just lay there and get beat. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. That's so awful. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about, um, for me, I have this battle in my brain because I am in one phase. I like to, you know, be chivalrous and be a gentleman and, and, and treat my wife well. Mm-hmm. But I also have three daughters and I'm very much for the empowered, strong woman. Right. And it's, it's a tricky thing, you know, because I, I want, I want my son-in-laws to treat my girls like queens, mm-hmm. but I also want my son-in-laws to realize that the queen isn't um, just because you take care of her doesn't mean that she is incapable. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, that just helped me when I when I called her a queen. I was like, okay, queen's got power, and she's got servants. That's right. Bust the moves. <laughs> I'm talking to you, intern Dave. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, that's cool. I want to talk more about that, but uh, I want to get us into our song of the week before we go too far uh, afield because uh, we've been going quite far afield. And it's interesting because our song of the week this week is a song by Jason Gray called With Every Act of Love. Aww. And uh, that was something that's been in there for several weeks. And uh, it, is it odd or is it God? Well, mm-hmm. I'll let you decide. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit on the other side of the break. Here's Jason Gray with every act of love. We bring the kingdom come. That's locked in deep inside Oh, but her words are the medicine When she says they can begin again And forgiveness will set him free tonight As heaven touches her Well, that was interesting. Like, I started pushing record and I got just a little tiny bit of the last portion of the, uh, the, the pre-break show coming through. And so it kind of scared me for a second there. I'm easily startled. I can see that. Yeah. So I just, I think that this song is super fun and really fits in with that topic. So I'm glad that um, we picked this. This was uh, Listener Bev, by the way, uh, chose this song for us, put it into my, uh, my list for me. Nice. Um, and I got to say, the first thing about this song, first time I heard this song on the radio, I started doing the math on Million Million. 
because mm-hmm. I didn't hear the million million. I just heard million. I was like, wait a minute, there's more people than that. Who's getting left out? Who doesn't have a door to walk through? And I was like, wait, million million. And I was driving down the road and doing math and moving decimal points. And I was like, okay, all right, that flies. That 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 fits. So so I'm okay with it. Um, but it uh, it hits me here. It says, you know, silence the table. He wants to talk, but not able for all the shame that's locked him deep inside. And it doesn't say for all the shame that's locked deep inside of him. It's locked him inside of himself, this shame. And this, my shame locked me inside of myself. And it wasn't just me keeping the shame locked up. Right. It was a shame keeping me locked up. And I, I think that that's, you know, seemingly minor difference, but it makes a lot of difference in how that is interpreted and, and how that is played out in my life. Um, that's, that's a massive change between those two things. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that it can be easy to overlook the things that we do for someone that we think might not matter. And um, we were in the prison this weekend for a HOPE event with Prison Fellowship. And my wife got to talk to some of the guys that she's heard me talk about for the last year and a half. And she got to thank them. And I was talking to one of the guys today and I said to him, you know, you have no idea and you will have no capacity to understand this until you get out and start serving in ministry in a prison, how much you bless me. Right. And I know I bless you because I've been there, but I've been on both sides. And the person going into the prison and ministering gets a much bigger blessing yeah. than the prisoner does. And, and he was gracious and accepted that. But he said, your wife said that to me yesterday too. And I was like, it's so true. It's just, uh, and it's just those acts of love mm-hmm. that, that do it. Just, that just remind us, okay, I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. And, and we never know what's going to push a person over the edge. Right. And if we're just pushing back against the enemy with just that one more act of love, just like, like we say for the Patreon, as little as $1. It's not like, okay, everybody has to give a billion dollars. One little, just those little things, they add up. Right. And they, they, they collect and gather over time. And then all of a sudden, it's a substantial difference that's being made in someone's life. So we've got to keep doing those little things because we are bringing Jesus into the world with, with our little acts of love. Absolutely. Song says, Jesus, help Jesus, help us carry you. Yeah. You know, he's inside us. He's literally living in us as a spirit. So it's alive in us. Your light shines through. Yeah. It's our job. It Let is. Him shine. And, and, you know, I, I do so much of the prison and it means so much to me that I, a lot of what I do now gets reflected back and run through the filter of the prison. Mm -hmm. And I just feel so alive coming And Yesterday with the prison fellowship event, there were a lot of people there that I didn't know from Bakersfield that came with my boss. And um, all the work that I do at the prison there, I do as volunteer. And apparently he had been talking to them about me. They're like, oh, oh, you're the guy we've been hearing about you, how often are you out here? And I was telling him, and I always tell people I'm a rich, poor man because 
the payment I get for doing this is just this sense of peace and joy. And with my wife going with me now, the first thing I want to do when I get out of the prison is call someone and just, you know, vomit up my day on them and just have diarrhea brains and mouth and just like, ah, good. And now my wife is there and we're just, we're able to do that on the way home to each other and just share that, that moment of, of amazement. And I, I took my pastor yesterday to the prison and he made the comment that was, it sounded funny and I, but I knew what he meant. And he said, everybody should go to prison once in their life. Mm-hmm. that everybody and and I heard him say that same thing when he came back from a mission trip and I see this as my mission field right that, absolutely that I'm going and and doing that and and Paul speaks about that you know remember those in prison and um being able to to give back because so much of life is taking yeah it's it's gathering and collecting and this is mine being able to just give back and say, hey, this is yours. I want you to, to have this and, and to care for this and, and to benefit from this. Man, that's huge. That's huge. It just, it, it really makes a difference for me in my life. Um, and hopefully um, those people will get something out of it as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We were, we were listening to a lady last night at the prison uh, yesterday as a lady... And her name is uh, Debbie Oramond. And she has a, an amazing story. I, I look her up. It's, it's O-R-M-O-N-D-E, Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E. Uh, look her up online. Uh, fantastic story. Amazing speaker. But she said something that really stuck with me. She was talking about, you know, wanting to go deeper. And, and in our recovery, we want to go deeper. In our lives, we want to go deeper. In our walk with Christ, we want to go deeper. You can't go deeper without going through stuff. You know, it's like, I want to go deeper and I want to get to this deep, great, oh, God spot. And sometimes I just feel like I just want it to happen without any pain, without Mm -hmm. any work, without any suffering, without any effort. Just take me deep, God. And and she talked about that. She said she prayed that that prayer, take me deep, God. I just want to go deep. And then she, these things kept happening to her. And, and she realized that was what was going on. And I always refer to, in, in self-recovery, we refer to the world's most dangerous prayer, God, use me. And just, that's it, period. Not use me in this way that I want to. But it can be easy to forget, for me, that in order to go deeper, which I want, in order to have a more intimate relationship with Christ, which I want, in order to share him more with people, which I want, I'm going to have to pay something, There's the effort pain, uh, suffering in some way, and, and there's going to be beautiful, joyful wonderment, but there's, it, it doesn't come without a price, without a cost, without that effort. Just like going on a hike, you get to that beautiful scenery, but you might have to go through some really cold water to get there. Yeah. yeah. It's like you speak from experience on that. You know, I kind of feel a little bit... Like, yeah, uh, for sure, I do. Um, but I don't know. It's been a good week with this. I, I, I love doing the prison. If you are ever interested in serving in a prison, by the way, you can uh, get in contact with uh, Prison Fellowship Ministries. And um, we are online just uh, in, in order to uh, volunteer 
but you go to just prisonfellowship.org and, and they can hook you up with a prison in your area because we have hope events where you can just come in on a one day day pass and experience it and sow some love. And people ask me when I invite them to the hope events, they say, well, what am I here to do? Like exactly what it sounds like. You're here to give people hope. Right. You're here to just go and, and love somebody who may not feel lovable right? and who doesn't in their heart sometimes feel worthy of love. And just the act of going in there, it's just, it's amazing the reaction that we get from the inmates because someone's coming to take time out of their day just to spend some time with them, to sing some worship songs, to pray with them, to listen to a speaker and, and to just spend time and hang out and, and treat them, remind them that they're humans. That's what I say my job is. What's your job in the prison, Paul? It, I remind people that they're human. Right. Um, and, and that's the best way to, to do it. That's, that's how I try to, to give that love back. So, yeah. It's good that's stuff. my reproachment. <laughs> I wish we could hear eye rolls sometimes. Don't you? They would make them so radio appropriate. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a sound effect and I'm going to put it in for where you just rolled your eyes on me there. <laughs> Every time I roll my eyes, you can hit the sound effect button. Yeah. I, I was listening to a podcast on the way home today from the prison and they said, this is going to be a guitar sound or guitar podcast today. I was like, and, and it's a sports podcast, but it's a clean, it's, they don't have the E next to the, the podcast. And I quickly found out what a guitar podcast was. He said, say anything you want today, say whatever the, and then it was like, you want today. And so every time someone cussed on the podcast, he just put a guitar, uh, chord over top of it. So anyhow, we'll give the eye roll, um, its own sound. Uh, sound effect. Yeah, that'll be awesome. Sounds great. Well, the old clock on the wall, which is really not on the wall, but it's in front of me here on the computer, says that it is time to probably wrap this uh, this bad boy up. So I'm going to put a button on it here and, and say we really appreciate people for listening. Uh, it, please email us and just give us some feedback on the show. It's always good to know that we're not just speaking into microphones that go nowhere. Uh, I get to see the numbers and, and get boosted up by that, but Christina doesn't look at the numbers um and, and no, so the way that she knows that you guys are appreciating what she's doing is uh, by by those emails and encouragement and seeing people on the the Facebook making comments and getting onto the Reddit uh, uh, discussion and um, by uh, seeing people support us uh, financially with the um, Patreon account. Um, it really does help. So we really appreciate those of you who do it. If you haven't done it yet, please consider doing it for, like I said, as little as a dollar a month. Um, and it can go on up as much as you want from there, but, uh, take a look at it and, uh, pray about it. We really appreciate, uh, your support and, uh, we can't wait to talk to you next week when we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.